Welcome to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Nicholson, here with bite-sized episodes to empower, educate, and enlighten you with ways to lose weight, heal your gut, and achieve your ideal health so you can live an adventure-filled life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. Today we are wrapping up the stress series that we've been doing all month long. So today I'm answering your questions about stress. So let's dive in. First question comes from Farah, and she wants to know, how do I lower cortisol levels? And this is a great question. My first question is, or my first response is actually a question back to you. First of all, do you even know for sure that your cortisol is elevated? Have you done a test to know for sure? Because even if you're in a stressful state, and so you're anticipating that your cortisol levels are high because of high stress levels, you might actually not be correct in that. If you've been in a stress state for a while, whether that's an emotional stressful state, a psychologically stressful state, even having an illness or inflammation in your body, those are all stressful states. If you've been in that state for a while, your body might actually be depleted of cortisol. And the symptoms can look very similar. If you have really high cortisol or really low cortisol, they can look very similar from a symptom standpoint. You can feel wired and tired. You can be tired all the time. You can have a hard time shutting your brain off. Like all of the symptoms can look very similar. So you really do first want to know if your cortisol levels really are high. Because if they're actually depleted and you treat them like they're high, you will make everything way worse and you will feel even worse than you do right now. So that's the first thing is I highly recommend testing. The second thing when you go to address if you really do have high cortisol is we need to know when your cortisol levels are high. This is why the testing again is so valuable because you're actually testing at four points throughout the day. Because it's unlikely that your cortisol is high 24 hours a day if it is high at all. It's probably high at certain points, normal at certain points, and low at certain points, or any combination of the three different states. So we really need to know when throughout the day are your cortisol levels high, because then we can target exactly when those things are, when your levels are high, we can give you specific remedies for those times of day. That may be dietary changes, that may be lifestyle changes, that may be supplements or even potentially medications, depending on why your cortisol is high, when it's high, how high it is. There's so many factors involved in this. We need to know the details. So there are lots of different remedies, but we really need to know more detail before I can give you any suggestions. The second question comes from Steve, and he wants to know if intermittent fasting can help lower cortisol. And again, everyone's favorite answer is it depends. It can be very beneficial to help regulate the system, but Intermittent fasting in and of itself is a stressor, especially if it's new to you. So depending on your current health status, your current stress load, your overall lifestyle, it could be beneficial, but it could also be harmful. So again, we have to approach this from a holistic approach and we really have to understand where you're starting at. You might need to ease into it slowly. You might need to not intermittent fast right now 
and you might actually need to go with a longer fast. Like it just really depends on so many factors. I love intermittent fasting. I think it's a great strategy that a lot of people can implement, but it is not appropriate all the time and for all cases. So this is something we really have to dig into deeper to know for sure if it's the right strategy for you. The third question comes from Rhonda and she wants to know, how does cortisol relate to weight and overall health? I love this question and I think it's a common question that a lot of people may know something about, but don't necessarily understand how it all correlates. There have been commercials over the years that have talked about how cortisol adds the belly fat and, you know, those medications and supplements that you can take to block the cortisol so that that doesn't happen. It's really a big topic. And so to understand how it relates, you have to understand what cortisol is doing in the body. Cortisol is a life required hormone. It's necessary for survival. It's not just for fight or flight, although that's its primary thing that we all think about, but it's actually what wakes us up in the morning. It's what helps control a lot of your bodily functions. It's a required hormone in the body. You have to have it to live. The problem is most of us live in a chronically stressed out state between work stress, relationship stress, traffic, you know, even our diets are stressful, our exercise, we're either over-exercising or under-exercising, that can be a stressor on the body. We're constantly bombarded with toxins, which can be stressful to the body. We have infections and the immune system processes and all the things. All of this are, is stressful on the body. And so most of us are under too much stress too often from all of these different sources. And all of them can cause spikes in cortisol. Now, cortisol relates to weight and overall health in many ways. One of the primary ways that it affects weight specifically is when your cortisol increases, that also triggers a release of sugar into your blood because the body's perceiving a stressor that's going to require some kind of action. You need increased blood sugar so that you have available energy to fight whatever the stressor is, to flee from whatever the stressor is. The body doesn't know the difference between a toxin causing a stress or an emotional stress or a physical, I need to run away from this danger. The body doesn't know any different. So you're getting this blood sugar spike, anticipating that you're going to have to do some kind of action. So you need extra energy. Most of us are actually sitting and stewing in our stress. We're not, we don't really need that energy boost, but the body doesn't know that. So you're getting this increase in blood sugar. When you get the increase in blood sugar, especially if you're not needing the added energy, that means you also get a spike in insulin to deal with the high blood sugar that you didn't really need. So now the insulin is a fat storage hormone. It actually tells the body to store any available fuel, sugar, food coming in, all of that gets stored as fat. And specifically, generally, it goes to belly fat. So that is how you end up gaining weight when you have chronically elevated cortisol. It's actually because it's releasing blood sugar, which increases insulin. And insulin blocks you from burning body fat 
and actually causes all of the available fuels to be stored as fat. Insulin resistance in general, which comes from having chronically elevated insulin, affects every disease process, cardiovascular disease, cancer, even hearing loss and vision loss and migraines and hormone imbalances, you name it, insulin resistance is involved. So that is two major ways how high cortisol or cortisol imbalances can relate to weight and overall health decline. The fourth question comes from Marlowe asking, can cortisol be too low and what might that feel like? So I addressed a little bit of this when I talked about Farah's question about lowering cortisol, that cortisol can become depleted and it can be too low. This can feel a lot like having high cortisol. You can feel tired or wired and tired or brain fogged. It can be dangerous because like I said earlier, it is a required hormone for life. You need this to have sufficient energy to do a lot of your normal autonomic functions in the body. Cortisol plays a role in your heartbeat, in other hormones. It plays a lot of roles throughout the body that are necessary for life. So it absolutely can be too low and also needs to be dealt with if it is too low. And the final question that I will address today is how does caffeine affect cortisol? This is a great question and it affects a lot of things actually. Caffeine can interact with how well you process the cortisol that's present. It can cause a spike in cortisol in some people. It can cause a blood sugar spike in some people, which can then also trigger more cortisol and they kind of feed into each other. It also can cause sort of a pooling in the body where some of the signals that cortisol would be acting on are sort of blocked while the caffeine is present, but they're still building up. The activities aren't occurring, but the hormones are building up. And then when the caffeine wears off or finally gets uh, detoxified out of the body, then this extra pool can all get released. And so that's why sometimes people will end up with a spike in energy or a crash in energy a couple hours after having the caffeine. You have this big buildup occurring and then when the caffeine clears out, now this pool is available and you have a higher load of cortisol or some of these other hormones. And so it can cause kind of problems delayed from when you take in the caffeine. Now this is a very unique process that's personalized to each person. Some people are very sensitive to caffeine. Some people process it and clear it out very quickly. And some people metabolize it very slowly. So this is a very personalized interaction between caffeine and cortisol. But caffeine is something that can affect cortisol levels. It can cause further depletions. It can cause increases. It can cause blood sugar imbalances in some people. So you just really have to monitor how it's working for you. This is one of my favorite ways to test using a continuous glucose monitor. If you have some coffee or some caffeine that doesn't also have added sugars or other things that could confound the data, you can really see how caffeine is affecting you. Does it affect you immediately? Does it affect you delayed? Do you end up with a spike and then a crash? Do you end up with just a crash? Do you end up with a spike that stays high for a long time? All of these kinds of things are tremendously valuable data that you can gain from using a continuous glucose monitor. So 
Thank you so much for submitting these questions. I love addressing your questions specifically. I hope this information was helpful. And I hope you really enjoyed this stress series and I will catch you again on future episodes. Always feel free to send me questions about any topics and I will do episodes answering your questions. Thanks for being a faithful listener to the podcast. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on this podcast so that others can more easily find this valuable information. Did you know I also work one-on-one with clients? I approach solving health challenges like I approached solving crimes by conducting a thorough investigation into your case. Sadly, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, and diabetes, and the vast majority have no idea. I'm here to fix that. If you struggle with low energy, stubborn weight, hypertension, sleep disturbances, or any other undesired symptoms, let's talk. All you have to do is schedule a free call. The link will be in the show notes. And no, you do not need to live near me.